0: Hello and welcome to this Inspiring City podcast. We're here today in the Fifth Base Gallery, which is a gallery just off Brick Lane, and I'm with Andrea Termos Hello, Andrea.
1: Hi, guys.
0: So um, it's going to be a bit of a habit, this. Uh, we've had a couple of podcasts now, me and you. In fact, I've covered you quite a lot on the blog. <laughs> Can't um, get rid of me. I know, you keep coming <laughs> back. And the first time, you, do you remember, we were, we were at, I don't know, some little cafe just off, off Holborn, and you'd yep. done this big, fancy telephone box, bringing nature into the sea. Yeah you know that was a big old project for you wasn't it 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 must have have been good to get that one finished
1: it was it was I did enjoy it it was brilliant and it's still standing there now on Southampton Row but yeah it's good to be doing something different as well
0: and one of the things that we talked about on that on that day when we're having our cup of tea and whatnot was um this show it was it was about your passion for uh for mental health awareness and uh and, and, and wanting to, to shine a light on this, this particular this particular subject. Mm-hmm. And here we are. we're standing in a white room with a series of portraits all around us, all with white backgrounds and, and, and you know I'm just surrounded by, by, by faces staring out at me. but all these are faces of people who have suffered mm-hmm. in some way uh, with mental health problems.:
1: Yeah, um, it's something I'm really passionate about. The initial inspiration was because I have several people close to me who will suffer with different mental health issues and they're perhaps not they're not really willing to be open about it because of fear of how society will judge them. So that was the initial inspiration behind it and it just I find it quite heartbreaking because we should be able to be open about it as we are with a physical ailment. A lot of people say it's an invisible illness, but again I don't even As we just said, I don't even know if I fully buy that because our brain is an organ, as with our other organs, and if I was to say I have an issue with my kidney or my liver, you may not be able to see the physical outcome of that, but you would still have a certain level of humanity and empathy towards me. But for some reason, whatever it is, when it it concerns a vulnerability with our mental health, there's a hell of a lot of people that don't have that same basic level of understanding and can be quite ignorant towards it. So for this, I wanted there to be a huge cross-section of people that have no th- almost nothing in common bar the fact that they've all gone through issues concerning their mental health. And I've got celebrities alongside members of the public, male, female, different ethnic ethnic backgrounds. I've got singers and some people that were maybe unemployed, journalists and all boxers. And I've just got a range of people to try to show that Mental illness doesn't discriminate, whether you're rich or poor or anything like that. Obviously, the system does discriminate. So if you aren't lucky enough to have a certain amount of money, then that can affect, unfortunately, your recovery. That's a massive issue that we have to deal with in the NHS. But mental illness itself doesn't discriminate. And that's something that I wanted to show with this portrait exhibition.
0: And it's a good analogy, you say, so that the kidney, the kidney thing, you know, you've got a, a problem with the kidney and people sort of immediately get empathy. And you've, what well, in your experience, you've found that if someone talks about a mental illness, that's, that's the, the empathy probably just isn't as there as much as it would have been with the with with the kidney.
1: Yeah, I think unless you've gone through it yourself or somebody close to you, I think a lot of people, they just perhaps shy away from it. They don't, whether it's your education or lack of knowledge or whatever the reason may be. I just feel like people aren't treated the same. And I feel like it's almost our last taboo. I mean, we used to refer to cancer as the big C. We never would say, so-and-so has cancer, but oh, the big C's got him and things like that. And there's nothing different here. And we should be able to talk to our employers, talk to our friends, our family, and people around us, and say, I'm struggling with this. And I think the more we talk about it, we're able to, we can prevent things from happening before it gets to the stage where then you're in the system and then it can be very tricky you know
0: so this is about generating a conversation to some degree yes. yeah. and when you look around the room lots of different people you know normal people yeah normal people in normal poses uh, but all at some point have have experienced mental health uh, problems some anxiety and bipolar and and, and lots of different mm-hmm. things yeah. should we should we go to a few of them and just see because yeah. I think one of the th- ones that I've picked out here is uh, one of my, my, my favorite sporting superheroes, uh, Ricky Hatton.
1: Yes, so Ricky Hatton was really great. I was so happy to have him involved in the project. Um, something interesting with him, I think a lot of men in particular can relate to him because I think men sometimes, whether it's pressures, of again, pressures from society, but maybe feel like they have to be strong and they don't want to show their emotions and maybe don't talk about it the, the same way that women do. Um, and something that something really revealing that he says in his audio is so all the paintings, by the way, are coupled with audio portraits. So every single sitter I met with them, and we had like an informal conversation, which accompanies each piece. Um, so something that Ricky Hatton reveals is that he says, you know, if you need help you be man enough to go and get that help rather than, oh, come on, snap out of it and get over it. He encourages people to seek help. There's nothing to be ashamed of by doing that. And there's one moment that he sort of says, I still see a therapist now if I'm having a hard time and they help me to see that the world is beautiful again. And, you know, something very touching from somebody that people might think, oh, well, he's just this aggressive boxer. And yes, when he's in the ring, he is aggressive. But out of that, he's not.
0: Yeah, and he had to make a, a transition didn't he mm-hmm. from from stopping boxing something that he knew and loved and and, and then sort of going into civilian life if you like mm-hmm. and that, it was that period that he had to come to terms with with his with his own mental health
1: yeah that's something also interesting because i suppose a lot of us we try to find the triggers and why has this happened so for him after the Pacquiao fight in particular he found that a big knock um, he felt that he was known as the people's champ, still is known as the people's champ, fantastic person, um, but he felt he'd let the people down so that kind of pressure got too much for him and there's a lot of people that I mean Leon McKenzie similarly when he felt when he had to retire from his football career.
0: So Leon McKenzie is another boxer that you've you've captured in portrait.
1: Yes and um, he had to retire from his football career and at that, that moment of not knowing what to do next was very difficult. Um, But something that I've kind of discovered is yes there are triggers and there are reasons why you might be able to look back and see that amount of stress at that period of my life might have brought this on but I do also feel personally that sometimes we have to look at it a little bit as a matter of fact. It's a chemical imbalance in your brain and you need to get help for that, whether it's through therapy, meditation, medication sometimes. And I think sometimes trying to over-analyse why did this happen can be just as bad. Some people have a vulnerability, some people it's hereditary. So they might be more likely, you know, for something like that to happen. But I think if we just look at it like, you know, the way we might have to say insulin or if you're diabetic or whatever, and then I think that can take a lot of the stigma away.
0: So let's go over to Leon. Yeah. Let's uh, talk a bit more. Cause, uh, I mean, you know, I'm looking at his portrait now, and he's a he's a man's man, isn't he? He's an t- he's a, he's a, he's a, he's, a, he's a ex-footballer. You know, he's a he's a he's a boxer. So, what was his story?
1: So, Leon actually, um, so he was a professional Premiership footballer. Um, at, I think the age of 35, he had to retire, and that was when he first kind of experienced these feelings of extreme depression really devastating news he actually did also lose his sister to suicide Um, and Leon unfortunately because he didn't have that support system because he did not feel able to speak to people he did attempt to also take his life which he speaks about very openly Um, he then of fantastically was able to get through that Um, and he's now he kind of says his motto is to fight it and he's now an amazing boxer, really inspirational man, and he's sort of the title of his piece is "I'm Still Fighting It," and he again I think is someone a lot of people can relate to that certain things can happen in your life, but the main thing is to get through it. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. If you speak about it, there is there are people and there are systems there to try to help you. Yes, it's not easy and it's not it's easier said than done, I should say, but. That's why I did this, I tried to sort of see the art as a vehicle for expression, to get just people talking about it, and every the response I've had is really great, and everybody that's come, everybody, whether it's them saying, I have a mental illness, my brother, my partner, my mother, my child, everybody knows somebody. I don't believe the one in four statistic. I really don't. I think, I think nearly all of us at some stage will experience some kind of mental health vulnerability. Just so the,
0: one, the one in four, it's a, a recent survey that said that one in four people at some point would suffer. Mm-hmm. From, you, yeah. you, you believe that actually everyone at some point is going
1: yeah, to suffer? I yeah, think, I think most people at some point, whether it's the lower level of something on a lower level or whether it's something more extreme, but I just think it's something that so many people can relate to and they only really are able to see that when people start sharing their stories.
0: Okay, let's let's move on to another one. I've got a couple more that I'd like to... To point out, I'm going to go uh, to this one here. This is, um, this is one of your friends, Tori. And yes. um, and she's, she's looking at us... Um, um, she's a beautiful woman, but she's looking quite vulnerable.
1: So Tori's very beautiful inside and out. Gorgeous, in fact. And she suffers with anxiety. And what's really interesting about her story is that a lot of it is actually surrounding issues around social media. So the way that we're in this now kind of selfie-obsessed society... Mm-hmm it's almost as though we're, the, you know, the experience of going out and having fun with friends or whoever is taken away because everybody's just concerned about capturing it and, you know, we're living our lives through screens and whatnot, but in her audio portrait she does speak about that she finds that really difficult and there's all these apps and all these ways to change how you look. So if you have that very small seed of insecurity, these apps and these filters and all the rest of it, they can really it can really cause that to grow into something quite dangerous. So even at one point she sort of says, of course I'm going to think I look shit when I look in the mirror because I'm able to do what all the magazines have been doing for years with celebs and now we are all able to do that. And I think it's quite a dangerous thing.
0: So it's something that she's got sort of evolved in that sort of world She's and and, and when she comes out of it and she looks at her own self in the mirror without the apps and without the filters, she's she's... she's, she's, she's
1: very insecure she's yeah very insecure. Well, she and she, she was uh, she was amazing and braven and because this picture she she's completely barefaced no makeup very raw and absolutely stunning and um, I just hope one day she'll be able to see that but she's taken the first step by sharing her story by allowing me to paint a 50 inch by 50 inch Portrait of her.
0: Absolutely, first thing you see on the back wall as soon as you walk in is is Tori. One more that yeah. I want to to look at, and there's a number of great portraits, but I want to look at um, a face familiar to a lot of people. It'd be Kerry Katona yes. of uh, Atomic Kitten, or um, well, that's I think the band that she was in back in the, mm-hmm. back in the day. Um, so tell me about um, Kerry.
1: So yeah, Kerry was lovely. She was actually one of the first people that I met, and she was very willing to get involved. I met her a few years ago. So Kerry suffers with bipolar disorder and actually what I found interesting is with a lot of the celebs that because of who they are, people accept it a bit more. But actually Kerry, is, she's been portrayed in quite a negative light um, with her struggles. So there's that kind of infamous interview that she did with this morning where she had taken her bipolar meds and as a result of that she was s- slurring quite heavily. And was immediately attacked by both the public and the presenters actually in saying that oh are you drunk like are you you drunk right now and she says that even though she tried to explain actually it was because of her medication she got such a backlash from that Um, but she's so open she has like reality tv series where she's she allowed them to film her on her darkest days and everything else but yeah, she sort of, again, she speaks about ways that she's able to get through it. Something for her was exercise. She realised that by exercising, that was, re- that was almost, that's her medication. By exercising, it really relieves a lot of the pressures and stresses going on for her in her mind.
0: I suppose with Kerry, it's a good example of someone in the public eye. Mm-hmm. And she's going through these, these experiences herself and, and she knows it, but nobody else can see it. So how she reacts is is uh, is portraying a, a sense of herself that isn't possibly what she would like to portray.
1: Yeah, exactly. And she hasn't got the luxury that maybe some some of us have that she can't hide away because she's lived her life in the public eye. So then she has to also face that scrutiny. But it's very difficult. And we're talking about people that are struggling with their mental health. So, you know, that's only going to enhance things because you don't... You don't have that basic level of understanding, and for her and other celebs like maybe Frank Bruno and stuff, I feel like a lot of the time the media sensationalize it. Yeah. You know, oh so and so's had a breakdown, and they portray it in a very negative light. And they know what they're doing; it's just to sell however many copies, and it's wrong because that's somebody's that somebody's well being at stake.
0: So amazing show, really, 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 really good, really powerful portraits. What do, you, what do you when you when people come in here and when they leave the show, what what sort of things do you hope that they're going to go away with?
1: I think all I could hope is that it just makes them think more about it. So whether that's, I'm going to have a conversation with somebody close to me that I think could be suffering, or even if they've been suffering with something, I just, I just want people to talk more about it. Um, and if this is a new way that people can do, obviously a lot of people suffering with mental illness are very creative and stuff. So we have already seen that in that way, but... I think we've seen a lot of documentaries, we read a lot of blogs, there's a lot of campaigns by fantastic mental health charities. But with this, I just wanted a different way to try to get people thinking about mental health issues, talking about it, and maybe reflecting on themselves. Is there something more I could do, if I suspect... I mean, something that Mark, who's the um, he wrote a fantastic book under the lemon tree, something that he said to me in our interview was, isn't it interesting that people don't, who suffer with mental illness don't get Get Well Soon cards? That's really interesting. It's almost like there's just this barrier. But yeah, just for people to think about it. And yeah, that's all I can ask for.
0: Hopefully that's what they'll be doing right now. So Andrea, thank you very much.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me.